This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 396 with Dr. Courtney Baker. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 396. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Dr. Courtney Baker is the CEO of Kids Care Home Health, an eight-figure healthcare business serving children with special needs from Texas to Colorado. She was named the 2017 Texas Businesswoman of the Year. She's a TEDx speaker and hosts the Women in Business podcast, where she shares inspirational stories of female entrepreneurs. As a leading authority on women's leadership and a mother of three, Courtney is working to decrease the gender gap by inspiring women to lead with confidence and integrity. Using her depth of business expertise and experience, she is now helping grow grandbaby businesses as she mentors and coaches creative women to shift from side hustler to CEO. I loved this conversation with Courtney. This was a ton of fun. I learned a lot. She's high energy. She has an amazing story, a multifaceted story. And I know that you're going to be just so curious as you listen to her story and how everything unfolded and also very, very inspired by the actions that she's taken and the level at which she is working and building out her legacy and having impact on the world and impact for women on a grand scale. So get ready to be super inspired. Listen in to hear Courtney share how she started motherhood as a brand new high school grad on food stamps, how supporting her sister who has MS inspired her journey to build a multi-million dollar service-based business, how you can build more power in your work, no matter what your current situation is, why you need to keep your scrappy while you level up why she's not willing to sit around and wait the predicted 100 years for gender equality to happen in corporate America. Hashtag screw 100 years, she says. And also how having a stroke at age 37 shifted the legacy she's currently building. Get ready to be inspired. Let's welcome Dr. Courtney Baker to the Shameless Mom Academy. Dr. Courtney Baker, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me. It's good to be with you. This is going to be a fun, dynamic conversation. I'll tell our listeners from the moment we got on, I was like, are you from Texas? So (laughs) we all get to enjoy it. I love an accent. So we all get to enjoy an accent today, which I'm excited about. 
Oh, it's so funny because I feel like people who have Southern accents and myself just sound a little bit on the like hillbilly side. So oh. I appreciate that you love it. No, because it's I not my think fave. it's like relaxing. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it's. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's very soothing. So I love accents. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, you got to like level up with the accent. Yeah. Sure. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I want you to tell us a little bit more about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and what you're most excited about right now. Oh, my gosh. So I started my adult journey as a single teenage mom, and I was on Medicaid and food stamps. When my son was born six months after I graduated high school, all my friends went off to college, and I went to the WIC office. And, you know, fast forward, put myself through college, got a master's degree in communication disorders and sciences, which is just fancy for speech pathology, and started working at a job that I didn't love. I loved the kids I worked with, but I just didn't feel valued and appreciated. And so at 28 years old, I decided I could do it myself. And it was right after September 11th. I was pregnant with my second child and, you know, 28, you know, everything. So it was perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect time to take that plunge. And it was just me with 10 patients. And today I own a pediatric healthcare enterprise that's multi-million dollar company that's nationally recognized. And we have over 600 employees. So that's my personal and professional-ish journey. But what I'm most excited about now is that I am helping mentor and provide coaching, business coaching for women who are ready to put away that corporate job and really start or scale their own service-based businesses and take the chance on the one thing they can control and that's themselves and really make a difference in their own lives. So I want to back up and dig into your story a little bit in just a minute, but can you just explain what you mean by service-based business so that our listeners can have a good understanding? Absolutely. So service-based businesses is like when you provide a service to somebody as opposed to product-based. Yes. So I have a you know widget that I'm selling or whatever. Mm-hmm. So services, products are more tangible. Right, right. And there's a myth that you can't scale service-based businesses. And so I really want to help women realize that the possibility is out there. Yes. And so now to kind of connect, the reason I asked that is because I wanted to make that distinction. And I think that women actually really thrive in service-based businesses because of our desire to serve and because of our tremendous ability to serve on so many different levels and be so supportive of people and their growth and connect with people from a place of compassion. But I also think so much of that is because of what we've come from and because of the hardships we've endured over time. And I think your story is a beautiful example of that to start off as this brand new high school graduate, new mom on food stamps and to take that to a multi-million dollar business where you're serving others, I would imagine that part of the reason, if not a very big part of the reason that you are able to be successful on the level that you are is because of where you've come from and because you went through that journey. Would you agree? I would, but it was also the fact that my sister had multiple sclerosis when I was growing up and I was 12 and she was 16 and I would help bathe her and feed her and help her walk and talk and realized once I started going to school that that profession could help people with MS I just thought, oh my gosh, that that's what I want to do. And I only wanted to work in hospitals or with adults. But then I realized it was way too close to home. So I pivoted a bit and did pediatric health care for little kiddos with medical needs. Mm, oh my gosh. One of the things I talk a lot about in my membership community is how our stories and our truths around our stories, I call them courageous truths. And oftentimes it's, you know, circumstances that came up in our childhood or in our young adulthood that we had to endure in times that we had to demonstrate courage. 
how that really empowers us to take action on bigger levels in adulthood. And sometimes we don't see that in front of us. Sometimes we see obstacles versus opportunities. And what beautiful examples that you gave in terms of supporting your sister when you were growing up and starting off in this place that, you know, where you had to really work hard and probably kind of felt like you had to fight for a lot of what you got early on. And to get to where you're at now and be able to support so many people in a practice environment and then also women building business. Mm -hmm. Well, and I look at life as a domino effect. You know, it's like there's this one domino and as soon as you hit it, it affects the entire trajectory of your life. And I actually lost my sister when I was Mm -hmm. 16. So she was 20. And that trajectory or that domino just affected the entire rest of my life and really made the desire to just make a difference in others' lives and and the value of improving others through your experience is that's really at the end of the day what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about you leaving corporate and going out on your own and kind of what inspired that move and what that journey has been like and specifically as it relates to your power. I'm curious how your power is maybe shifted working for someone else in the corporate model versus building your own thing. Sure. And when I worked in the company that I worked for, it was a family owned company and I just didn't feel valued or respected. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it was a snowstorm, a freak snowstorm in early part of February of 2003. And the company held my paycheck. They weren't going to pay me because they hadn't run payroll when I had been out doing visits and working while I was pregnant because I knew if I didn't work, I didn't get paid. And When that happened and they were like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to get paid the following week. I was just like, that is it. And I just parked my car and I remember putting my hands up and just going, okay, God, you've laid this on my heart. You already told me to do this. I'm going to be obedient. And that was the change that I needed to really take my power back. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. I had no idea how I was going to do it. But I knew that I had to leave and I was not going to be an undervalued employee for the rest of my life. And the only way I could change that was by being my own boss. Mm, I love it because I've been my own boss for many years. And I actually had a very similar situation working for a couple who owned a gym. I was in the fitness industry for many years and I worked for a couple who owned a gym kind of early in my career. And they were so awful to work for that I was like, I'm just going to go out on my own and do it by myself. And they were like, you should really do some research because most people fail when they do that. And I was like, game on. (laughs) Yes. Watch me go. (laughs) And the people that I worked for actually as two days after we opened, they served us a nice little set of papers from someone in uniform. So that was fun because, you know, it was very much women versus woman. I'm going to take you down kind of mentality. And my biggest takeaway was all I can do, the best revenge, not that I have a revengeful heart, but the best revenge that I could take is to succeed and succeed well. That was exactly how I felt. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go build something really successful. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that was the fire that fueled me for years after that. And it Mm -hmm. totally worked. Yeah. Yeah. And we're still around and and they're out of the business now. So (laughs) success. Yes. Definitely. Mission accomplished. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I want to talk a little bit about being in this place because I think so many women find themselves in this place, being in a place where you don't feel valued, you don't feel maybe in alignment with the values of the people you work for, or you just don't feel seen or supported. And you want to leave, but you don't know what like the first step is. Yes, you could give notice, but also there's a ton of vulnerability. I mean, in your situation, like you had one child pregnant with another child. There's so much vulnerability in that when you need stability and security as a parent. So what is the first step someone can take when they are looking and maybe the first step that you took when you decide, make this decision of like, I am going to go out on my own now. I hired a consultant and that was the first step because I needed someone who could really help me make quickest path to cash. And yeah, it took investing in him, but 
that investment shaved years mm. of time and heartache and financial loss. Yeah. That was the best thing I did. And, you know, we walked through the steps. We got a business name. We got the LLC. And that's what I'm helping women do now. It's not get a website and get pretty branding and right. get a pretty logo. It's tangible, tactical steps yes. to say, okay, here is how you build a business. Yes. And like open a bank account so you can accept payment, even if you don't have a website. <laughs> because yes. Yes. to be honest, you don't really need to make a website to start making money. Like at some point you need that, but not first thing. Exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if your font is pink or blue. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But those no. are the things we get so caught up in. Like, hold on, I don't have the perfect headshots. That doesn't matter. You can make money without headshots. Exactly. Put a picture of your dog. It does yes. not matter. Yes. Let's just get you giddy up, you know? This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer endocrine system disruption and liver toxicity which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special unique and important in terms of how they are able to filter water they also have water purifiers to fit every type of home so like the installation free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options they even have wi-fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options so I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So I know you're really committed to bringing gender equality to the C-suite level of business and just bringing more women into leadership and into more powerful places and roles. So I'm totally here for this conversation and I'm absolutely in agreement. How do you think that women and moms and what can women and moms do to affect this change and to really create places and spaces for women to have more power, whether it's building their own thing or having more power in the organizations that they're supporting? Well, I think if you're not being supported, then looking at that, and I'm very tough love, but looking at that and saying, you know what, I'm making a choice 
to allow this to happen. And I'm either going to change careers, change jobs, but I'm taking my power back because when you allow your power to be external, then externally defines it. Mm -hmm. But when you take that power back and you say, you know what? I am the author of this ship. I am going to define my role and where, who can treat me, how I'm treated and what I allow, then that is your power Mm -hmm. and you can accomplish anything. It's 100% about mindset. And I'm here to tell you, if you're saying it's not about mindset, then that's right there. Proof that Mm -hmm. your mind does not want to accept the fact that it's the culprit. I totally, totally agree. I also think when we push ourselves, I love that you kind of take this tough love approach to it because I think that's necessary sometimes. And I think that when we push ourselves in those ways and other women see us doing that, we create more space for other women to follow. And I think that's so important right now that we look like I am watching women who are a few steps ahead of me. And I'm like, yes, because I see them doing it and I see them setting boundaries and I see them being powerful and calling people out that creates space for me to do the same thing and for me to do it with confidence because I've seen it done before. And I think that's also really important in in this kind of current culture of women really taking up more space and being more loud and proud. Sure. It's given you a role model and it's saying, oh my gosh, that's possible. That's possible for her. Therefore, it's possible for me. I didn't say easy. I said possible. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Not easy. Not easy. Yeah. But that's where the tough love comes in. Like we can't just do easy things because that's not where growth happens. That's not where change happens. So Yeah. And it's exposing those blind spots of no, honey, I never said that this was going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I said it will happen, you know, and it's just really keeping those realistic expectations in check. Yeah. Yeah. So you started your healthcare business in your 20s, and it's expanded now to a large size and being of service on such a massive level. What were some of those, when you first got started, did you envision it being this big? Like, What was your mindset when you started, and how has that grown over time and evolved a little bit? I never had a concept, kind of like what you were just talking about there, is that I never had that vision because I didn't have anybody in front of me Mm. who had expanded it to the point where it is. But I knew I didn't want to be a sole provider with 10 patients. And the reason was, is because I would constantly be in that hamster wheel of lead gen. But if I scaled it, You know, when you're constantly on lead gen and you're like, oh, my gosh, I just lost a patient. Now I got to go find one. I got to go find one. And that hamster wheel of chasing your tail. But when you lose a patient, when you have 600 or 6,000 or, you know, then it hurts a lot less. So I knew I wanted to scale. I just didn't know how big. And it's just been an absolute blast to watch. But I think it's important to know where I've come from and to know that it was not something that happened overnight, one, or on easy street. Right. What were some of the mindset components or shifts that you had to make to go from this smaller game into a bigger space of being able to It's one thing to feel like you're being, or to be of service to 10 people, to be of service to 6,000 people, that's a massive responsibility. And so you really have to, and especially when you have not seen someone go before you. And so what are some of the mindset shifts that had to take place for you as you were scaling and growing? I can do it. Yeah, I am good enough, but I also need to keep my scrappy, but level up. Yeah, I love that. Yes, yes. And can you explain a little bit more or maybe give an example of what you mean by that? Because that really resonates with me. (laughs) Sure. You know, it's like I knew that what got me from here would not get me to there. But that didn't mean that I needed to shed all of what got me here. Yeah. And you know, we went, we've upped our marketing game, we've upped our hiring processes. But those things that we did in the beginning, the foundational roots of who we are as a company have not changed. Yeah. What comes to mind for me with that also is your ability to be 
resourceful and resilient, like on a moment's notice and to be like, oh, that didn't work. We're shifting gears right here. And it's going to be ugly and imperfect and messy, but we're going to just do it. And we're going to figure it out because we've done that before. And that's how we operate. And we don't, you know, if someone knocks us down, we don't just lay down, we get back up and we might get up with bloody knees and a few swear words, but like, here we are. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's important to hold on to that as you grow. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing that keeps a lot of women stuck is they don't start. Yeah. And my motto is launch ugly. Yeah. Figure it out <laughs> in the that. process. Yes. But it will work itself out. Figure it out. I'm here to hold your hand, but just freaking launch. Yes. Absolutely. And I mean, that goes back to what we were saying about the website. Like the fonts don't matter. The pictures don't matter. Like it's actually your responsibility to be embarrassed by your first website five years yes. down the road. Like, oh, that because is great. The other side of it would be that like you never launch the website because you're waiting till it's perfect. And the pivots are the learnings. Right. When you have those like moments of like, oh, it's time to do the leveling up, then you look back at those scrappy days and laugh and you're and you're glad. But if you aren't changing and pivoting and learning, mm-hmm then there's no lesson. Right. Yeah. I laugh because I don't have business cards and I get asked about business cards like anytime I'm at an event and people think that that's like this glaring sign of like, but do you really have a business if you don't have business cards? And I'm like, no, I've never gotten around to, I had them in my, when I was in the fitness industry, I had them, but I'm like, I just haven't in this business that I've had for four years. I just haven't gotten around to that. And I have lost no sleep and no money over not having business cards. I'm too busy growing, right? Exactly. Exactly. Too busy growing and serving to worry about a business card right now. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, yeah, sometimes get our head out of the weeds a little bit in order to really focus on the stuff that, that really moves the needle. Yes, absolutely. And knowing what's going to move the needle. And I mean the needle in the business the right way. And that's customer base and your bank account. Yeah, yeah. So I know that you're adding to your plate right now by helping emerging female leaders start their own businesses and build their own businesses and what you call your grandbaby businesses. So talk a little bit about what this looks like and how and why this all came about. So Research shows that we are more than a hundred years away from gender equality at the sea level. And that just pissed me off. And I was like, what can we do today to affect that and narrow that gender gap? I mean, I have two daughters who are 16 and 12. I have a son who's almost 26 as well. But, you know, what am I doing today to really make an impact on their, my daughter's generation? And so I looked at women in their abilities and giftings and amazingness and thought, what am I doing to help them be CEOs now? And, you know, my hashtag is screw 100 years. And it's like, I want to help. And I am helping women create their own service based businesses to be CEOs in their own business and life as opposed to waiting a hundred years. So I have some young women who are my son's age who I've helped open businesses and they've done amazingly well and they call them my grandbaby businesses. I love this. I want to have grandbaby businesses. (laughs) Yes. So amazing. My little uh, family tree, Grandma Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So did you say that that hashtag screw 100 years? Yes. Okay. I'm putting this in the show notes. I want to make sure I had it right because I love this. Yeah. I think we have to be really conscientious of the ripple effects of our action today or the implications of our inaction. And, you know, inaction is whether it's conscientious or not, it's a choice. And so I so appreciate you being in action over something that you believe so strongly in and then being able to have this gift of grandbaby businesses that not only I'm sure, you know, obviously brings you a ton of pride, but also has an impact on the world and it has an impact on corporate America. And when women have more power in corporate America, there is a global impact as well. Absolutely. Yes. And things will just be better overall when women start owning their power. From your work and your research, you have identified that many people are 
pretty dissatisfied in their work. And I know some of this is specific to millennials, especially. So can you talk a little bit about just women being dissatisfied in work and what you've come upon in your work and research? Yeah. So when I was doing my doctoral studies and my research, I found that we have this myth of the glass ceiling, and it's actually something that holds us back and that keeps us stuck. And what I mean by that is when you look at a little girl and you just hold her little face and you say, honey, there's going to be something that's going to stand in your way and it's going to hold your career back and hold you back in life. And it's called the glass ceiling and you can't see it, touch it, taste it, feel it, smell it, but it is there. Then she has no power. But instead, if you say, sweetheart, it's going to be this maze or this labyrinth and you're going to hit walls and you're going to have to face these obstacles that are going to stand in your way, but let's create strategies to get beyond these obstacles, then the power is in her hands. And so I feel like if we really know what those challenges are, and like I said, create those strategies to get beyond those, then we have the ability to own our careers and our legacies. Absolutely. Yeah. And I totally agree. And messaging matters so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Letting people know, letting small children know what they're capable of and where the boundaries lie or don't lie. There's just, oh, there's just so much to be said around this. I think about this a lot in terms of emotional intelligence for little boys. Mm -hmm. But yeah, being really clear around like what the kind of messaging we choose to use and the way we position children um, and young adults in terms of what they're capable of and what their opportunities are going to be and all of that. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, because she grows up and she believes that something's going to hold her back. So why does she even try? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's our generation. Yeah. Yeah. That's the lie that we've been told. And I'm trying to reframe that and say, no, we just need to create strategies to get beyond these four obstacles. And the research showed my research was those four obstacles and they were family obligations, limited advancement opportunities. The third was gender based discrimination. But that has three facets. There's actually The first is stereotypes. So women are damned if we do, damned if we don't. And it's called the double bind. The second is that balding, middle-aged, rubs his own belly and laughs at his own jokes. Bubba named, you know, he definitely still exists, the good old boys club. Mm -hmm. And then the third one, though, was how many women are tormentors and hold other women back in their own journeys. Yeah. But then the fourth challenge that women faced was a lack of confidence. Mm. 80% Sarah, it was crazy. 80% of the women that I researched and interviewed talked to me a complete stranger about how they lacked confidence. Wow. 80%. 80%. And when we change that narrative of that little girl, then the messages that we're bombarded with on a constant daily basis, Mm -hmm. then we realize that we actually have a choice in this and that we don't have to buy into those things. But when we start getting our power back in advertising and the messaging and marketing that comes to us and believe that we don't have to buy into that, that we can change the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I actually had a really interesting experience with a client recently she was talking about her goals and talking about weight loss as a goal. And I was pushing her with love, but also like, can we talk about goals that actually like move the needle? <laughs> and not like, I want you to feel good about yourself. So that could be a goal, but like, you can do that now. You don't have to wait till you lose 30 pounds. Like you're actually worthy of that now. I'm um, going back to your point of confidence even. And so we started talking about diet culture and she's like, wait, there's a thing called diet culture. And she was like incensed that this was a thing. She had never heard about diet culture. And then she realized, oh, wait, I've been a victim to this for like my whole life. And she, it completely changed her whole perspective. I have this understanding of, oh, wait, I have felt less than because some dudes decided that women's bodies are more valuable if they look a certain way. And that is like framed my entire life. And yeah, it was so eye-opening to her. And so I think that there's a lot of power in 
looking at the things that we choose to listen to and the conversation that we're having in our head and where did that conversation come from and where have we internalized messages from the old boys club and Mm -hmm. let that compromise our value and compromise the way we take action in life because we know like if your primary goal in life is to lose x amount of pounds and that's what you're focusing all your energy on all the time then you're not out there building a business and you're not out there climbing the corporate ladder and you're not out there having impact because you're spending so much time deciding if you should be like paleo or vegan. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Yes. And you know, what's so sad to me is that so many women will invest in those things that mm-hmm. are outwardly yeah, like the lashes or the nails or whatever, and even a new iPhone or a new yeah. whatever. And instead of saying, I'm going to invest in the one thing, I'm going to put all my chips in the one thing that I can control. And that's yeah. me. Yes, And I'm going to bet all my chips all in on the one thing that I have control over and I'm going to make this happen. Right, right. Absolutely. I was just having a conversation on social media today with someone. We were talking about my upcoming birthday and aging. And I was talking about aging being great. And she was like, yeah, it's great. Like if only we didn't have to deal with you know the wrinkles and this and the that and the gray hairs. My comment back was like, I hear you. And also the women who I see embracing all that, they're doing great and they look amazing and they've never been more successful or more beautiful inside or out because they've decided that they're cool with having gray hair and it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter like if a dude doesn't want a woman with gray hair that's his choice but if we decide to embrace our gray hair or not we can dye it too like whatever Mm -hmm. we want to do but to not have this idea around i'm going to be worse off or less valuable because I look a certain way or because of these cultural standards of beauty and that that should be this highest priority thing that I should always be investing in and worrying about versus, you know, investing in yourself, changing your mindset, and then going and doing something really powerful. Yeah. And turning that focus outward and saying, you know what, I have all this skill, knowledge, and wisdom. Who can I effect in life to pour into to make sure that that gets carried on? Yeah. And legacy, oh my gosh, such a big part of it. Let's talk a little bit about legacy because you have this amazing story. You have this massive business that you've built and now you have grandbaby businesses. What do you think about for yourself when you think of legacy? I love that question. I was at a, my orientation for my doctoral program in 2012 and it was in August of 2012 and I was sitting in orientation and we had to write our 80th birthday toast. Oh my gosh. And 
I just sat there with a blank piece of paper, tears streaming down my face. And I just was like, I am not living as the person that I would want to be remembered for. I was thinking of all the things that would be said about me right then. And that wasn't my story. And I kid you not, a month later, I had a stroke in two places and endured a seven-hour brain surgery. Holy cow. Yes. And so it could have been over. Only 50% of the people who have the type of stroke that I did survive. And I walked away from that saying, I have a gift of, and it's actually a third chance because I've had a pulmonary embolism before that. And I was like, you know what? I have got to do things differently. And that's when I realized how much it wasn't about me necessarily. It was about what I could do for others and really live into the legacy that I wanted to create. But we're writing that story every single day and every thought, word, choice, and action. We are creating that legacy that we're going to leave behind. So is it the one you want to leave? Exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. And how old were you at the age of that stroke? 37. I can't imagine 37 thinking like this could be it that, or, that, or that could have been it. Yeah. And I withdrew from school because I hadn't even really, I mean, I was only a month into it and I had a friend who I'd met and he called me and he was like, get up. What are you doing? You got this. Get your ass back to class. <laughs> and I re-enrolled in January and I finished my doctorate in 2015. And that journey has changed my life as well. Wow. I'm so glad that you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Healthy. And those moments, and that's obviously a severe example and a really critical example of this life-changing mindset shift. But I think we often have that on a smaller scale where we have moments of like, what am I doing? And why am I doing this? And like something has to give. And we don't have to wait until it's critical life or death thing to start shifting that legacy and to build our legacy in a, a more powerful direction or in a new direction, even though that will be uncomfortable. Like it's going to be uncomfortable no matter what. So let's yeah. just do it before we have a crisis. Yes. And it's going to be uncomfortable no matter what. So make it uncomfortable, at least in something that you want to do. Right. Absolutely. I know you have such a heart for women in leadership. Can you talk a little bit about some of the biggest challenges that women encounter when it comes to leadership and especially as it relates to the corporate ladder and any ideas on how we can overcome this? Because I know we have a lot of listeners who are working in a you know traditional nine to five who would like to move on up. <laughs> well, and it's defining your measure of success. Yeah. Because we go through our careers or our even life and on autopilot and really getting clear. I have a process called damn goals because we get we listen to, you know, I'm sure you've heard of smart goals. And then we think, oh, my goals aren't smart enough. So screw smart goals, just make some damn goals. And so I have a process and it's detailed, achievable, measurable metrics. And it's being crystal clear on what you want to do and then creating a path to accomplish it. And once we get that clarity, then we know exactly where to go. And everyone's path can look different. And I think that our path and our power can look so vastly different. And I think some of the feedback I get sometimes from moms who listen is that they're like, but what if I don't want to like have, you know, I don't want to impact millions of people. I just want to like impact a team of three people. And I think there's a lot of power in recognizing that too, that like your legacy, it doesn't, it can be on a massive scale, similar to what you're building, but it can also be in this smaller context and still have tremendous impact and tremendous ripple effects. Absolutely. And my story and my journey are not going to be everyone else's. I mean, thank God you probably didn't go through having a, a stroke at 37, right. but that's just my story. But that doesn't make my story any less or more than the next person's. It just makes it different. And it, when we realize that we have got to start 
collaborating as opposed to comparing because comparison is the thief of joy, then we are going to that, you know, chart our own course. And and that's where our power comes from. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that when we talk about power, sometimes we think that it has to be big and loud and like just in constant, massive leaps of growth. And power can also be quiet and subtle and on a smaller scale and still have tremendous impact. And I think that there's a need for all of that with women and women in the workplace, women building their own businesses. There's a need for that on every level. And like, I need people in, on my team who have kinds of power that I don't have mm-hmm. and, and that don't want to be forward facing. They don't want to be on camera or behind a microphone, but mm-hmm. I need them. They're of just as much value because I don't want to be building websites and graphics. So, yeah. You know, it, it all counts. I love the other day someone came up to me and he, you know, as the CEO of a multi-million dollar company and I'm wearing yoga pants and a hat, you know, on my head. And he was like talking to me and he goes, you operate in stealth mode. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you're damn right. I do. Yes. Cause it's like, that's really your power is you don't yes. have to tell everybody outwardly who you are or what you're doing. Just be comfortable with it yourself. And when you own that, you are comfortable in your own skin. Yes. That is where your power is coming from. Absolutely. And you will radiate that too. I mean, and that's why you can walk around in your yoga pants and still have this perception of power and like your aura around you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about how to support this next generation of women leaders so that they feel equipped and empowered and able to step up. Can you give us a couple ideas around that? Yeah. So when you are, first of all, you know, own your power and really look at, am I, this is my story. But who is the author of that story? Like you said, is the man in, you know, the corner office named Baba Mm -hmm. or is it my story? And where am I writing the legacy that I want to leave? Yeah, I love that. And I think that's really, really important. Yeah. <laughs> Double check and see if helping Bubba build his legacy or you're yes. actively building your own. And your legacy doesn't have to be, you know, like you said, it doesn't have to be a multi-million dollar business. But if you are living into your purpose Mm -hmm. and because that's where confidence comes from. Yes. Confidence is found at the intersection of courage to know your purpose and the faith to walk in that purpose. Oh my gosh. I love that. I feel like we need to like, everyone needs to push pause and write that down. (laughs) (laughs) That was so good. Well, thank you. I When I was researching confidence, I found there was an Ohio State professor named Richard Petty, and he said that confidence is the stuff that turns thoughts into actions. And I thought, I disagree with that because even hamsters in a wheel are in motion. Mm. When you are confident, first of all, it was this journey of what is confidence? How do you define this ever elusive concept? And then it was like, you know, confidence is really your purpose and your acting in it aligned. Yeah. And that's when I created my own little theory of what confidence is. I love it. Can you tell us how you're currently showing up as a shameless mom? Oh my God. I am teaching my daughters that anything they can dream of doing that they want to do, there's a will, there's a way. Now I'm not crazy enough to think if you want to be a rocket scientist and you hate math, that that's going to happen. But where your purpose is or where your passions are or where your, you know, all of that has to intersect into what your story is that you're telling your kids and that that's a gift to them to show up in your own confidence and purpose and passion and leaving that legacy for them. That's where I'm shameless. I love it. So good. Oh, this has been so awesome. I so appreciate your time and you being here today, Courtney. This has been really impactful to me and I know it's going to really fire up and inspire our listeners to go consider the legacy that they're building and maybe build it in a little bit, maybe at a little more rapid pace. (laughs) So I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. Can you tell people where they can find you, connect with you, all the good stuff? Sure. I am the host of the Women in Business podcast. My website is CourtneyBaker.com. Courtney has no you. And then also, if you are looking to cut some time and some shorten your learning curve on building a business, then you can download my Building Your Business Roadmap. And it's at CourtneyBaker.com forward slash bizmap. 
I love it. Thank you for these resources. I'm excited. I'm like frantically typing notes here to make sure that I get all this in the show notes. I'm excited for people to be able to connect with you, check all these resources out and continue to learn from you. So definitely go subscribe to Courtney's podcast and then also check out the other links just mentioned. We'll have that all noted in the show notes, all clickable links and everything to keep it nice and easy for people. Thank you so much for being here today, Courtney. I appreciate your time, your energy and your mission in just such a big way. So I can't thank you enough. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.